This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. You're listening to the West MY podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Hamway podcast with myself, Dave Walker, an ex-WHU employee. What a relief to be talking about our biggest win of the season against Nottingham Forest. It was a must-win game and win it we did. We talk about that performance, the Moizoki Koki, the importance of Danny Ings, whether that spells the end for Skamaka and a cheeky little trip to Cyprus on the horizon before getting news from X and answering questions from patrons of the West Hamway. We simply had to win against Forest, and not only did we win, we smashed four past them and kept a clean sheet. Give us your thoughts on the game. Well, classic um, phrase here, but a game of two halves. I thought, I mean, for first half we weren't bad. I thought we played okay, but it was a bit dire, a bit dull. Not a lot happened really. Missed a couple of decent chances, but it was a bit of a, a dead game, and I, you know, the crowd were getting a bit restless and stuff because we weren't really doing much I thought possession wise we were okay if we were solid at the back but it was it had like oh this is going to be nil nil written all over it and then obviously the, the sub of Areola changed things up um, and uh, <laughs> comes off and then a minute later we banged four in and I thought the second half was a, was much much better obviously one four nil so you're going to think that but I thought we played well we created multiple chances and um, the players just looked a lot more confident and once that first one went in I felt we were we were there to take it um, as we did and yeah it was a good performance and the, the key now is just to build on that there's no point having that performance and then mm. you know I think the Man United game is a bit of a you know a lottery really but the next game against Brighton no point having that performance if we then go and play crap against them so it was a really really good performance exactly what we needed and hopefully now it gives us the platform to kick on yeah, I mean, it was a fantastic result. Fantastic result. And I'm so pleased that I backed Moisey from the start. Because, you know, <laughs> whereas if it was down to you, he'd be out on his arse by now, wouldn't he? Let's be <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. It was, it was a brilliant result. I mean, 
the first thing I looked for when we played Forest was how much those players wanted it. Because that's my biggest concern at the moment. When we're in the shit, we need that that togetherness. We need that fight, that hunger. And to be fair, I, I thought I thought we we had that from the get go. I mean, we was we was all over him. You could tell we was on our toes. The work rate was there. I thought we were progressive. The only f- frustrating thing about it was that we just wasn't creating enough chances for the possession that we was having. And it was just it was annoying me that we was just lacking that bit of quality in that final ball or, or in front of goal. And uh, you know, I know we had a little bit of bad luck at times in that first half, but. I don't know. I, I just think you've also got to remember they're playing under a lot of pressure and it's pressure they brought on their own shoulders, by the way. So I'm not defending them, but they are playing under a lot of pressure and that was a must win game. And I think you take that into account. I actually don't think we did play that badly in the first half, but the second half was just unbelievable. And the relief, the relief when Danny Ying scored that goal. And mm. um, and you know what? You, you just don't know, dear, because the floodgates open from then. Um, and I've looked at a few tunnel cams since the game and the players are coming off and they're smiling and they're happy. And it was a brilliant post-match interview with Deck and Danny. And, um, you know, there are turning points in football, aren't there? And I, I'm not getting carried away. I'm not getting carried away because Forrest especially are very poor away from home. So I'm not getting carried away as much as I want to. But it could be a turning point, couldn't it? Because we've got the players. So if we can build confidence on the back of that and start using a system that genuinely works then it could be a season changer, couldn't it? Oh, definitely. And I think there was two performances within those performances. Well, actually, going to go for three. Three performances individually within those performances that really could be great going forward. Obviously, Danny Ings has scored his first two goals now. And I, and I really felt it was really important for him to get off the mark as soon as he started. Effectively, I know it's not technically right, but he's scored in his debut. You know, he's only had a couple of 20-minute periods mm. here and there. You know, this mm. is the first game he started and he scored two goals. So I think, you know, loosely, you can say he has that both finishes um, were in the box, you know, just getting on the in the right position, finishing them and getting goals. You know, they were neither were spectacular. I mean, the first one was probably a bit harder than it looks, but um, yeah, second one was obviously uh, you know not 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 the greatest of goals, but they all count. And, and oh, he's take and, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and then he's proven that he's a, a finisher, which is what we need. He should start every game because he's got that in his locker to score to score goals. And I think that's really important that he got those goals. I think that was Lucas Paqueta's first uh, uh, best game for by a long way. I would say mm. not mm. just because. He worked hard and was getting stuck in, but he was creating things. He was taking people on. He won possession back a number of times. He created things going forward. He was fighting for it. You know, he sees reaction when I think for one of the goals, maybe Dex goal, and he's like really celebrating it. And I think that was really, really good to see. And I also think it's just another good performance from Aguered, who is showing that he is a is a class, class centre back. And if we can keep him fit, the team is obviously going to be a lot stronger with him in it than it was at the start of the season when he wasn't playing. And the good thing is, I think you've got Zuma to come back in, you've got Cornet to come back eventually, mm. you've got Skamaka to come back eventually. So, so then there's there's options, and actually, I'm going to give someone else credit where it's due. The last two games, I think Thomas Suchek's played well as well. Yeah, yes, more... yes. Not saying anything now, are you? <laughs> in, a, in a more advanced position. And do you know what? It's funny. I spoke to someone at the club, and I wanted to get a sort of proper, like 
definitive guide as to what the, the instructions were for the midfield and the midfield's instructions for those centre three were for Declan to hold, to be the holding player in front of the defence and basically to do that role and just hold. And, and that's what we want for him, even though he then actually ironically scored in the game where he was given that instruction, but he was to hold and Lucas and Thomas was to have much more um, freedom to roam mm, and to get sense. into positions. Yeah, and they did. And I think both of them played a lot, a lot better as a result. So hopefully, you know, if we could get Suchek getting anywhere near the standard he was, that would be like a new signing as well. Yeah. And p- people gave him stick, but I thought Johnson played well as well. And I think Ariola made, made a great... The difference between Ariola and Fabianski is that Ariola. I think he's a better keeper anyway as what you'd want a shot stopper, but I also think he's better at distribution. I think he plays the ball out quicker. I think he's a bit more creative in how he gets it further up the pitch. And, um, you know, I think, you know, I'd like him to start going forward. But, yeah, all positives. You, you can't beat a relegation rival 4-0 and say anything negative. The goal difference swing is eight on them now. Um, our goal difference is the best in the... The clubs that could get relegated, you know, we just have to make sure that we build on this. And and I'd be disappointed if Brighton's our bogey team, but I'd expect to draw minimum against them. Now, even though they're good and they're our bogey team, we have to keep building on these results. Otherwise, it's one step forward, two step back type thing. Exactly. And we put ourselves in this position. We've got to get ourselves out of it. And yeah. if we're consistent with these performances now, then it is just going to be one week we're up, one week we're down. And we can't afford to be inconsistent at this point in the season because it's almost like we can see the home straight now towards the end of this season. Um, mm. But, you know, it's, it's also great to see Jarrah Bowen coming back to somewhere near his best as well. I thought he was really good. I thought he's worked his socks off and he deserved a goal um, yeah. when it came off the post. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, I mean, when you talk about Danny Ings, right, I think it's a great sign. I really do. He's proven in the Premier League. But could this mean the end for Skamaka? Because we've often said that Ings is a David Moyes type of player, and I expect him to start now going forward. We know that Moyes, likes Antonio, um, and he will always feature to some degree, if not start. So what happens to Gianluca? I mean, is he going to be happy to fight for his place, or is he already on the phone to his agent about moving the summer? Because we do only play one up front, and I'd be very surprised if so far he's had an enjoyable experience at West Ham. Is he going to be thinking, do you know what? This ain't for me. This I'm not going to be third place at West Ham United. I want to. I'm going to. Um, I'm going to write it off and go somewhere else. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I think you make a good point there. I don't think there's any hundred um, percent correct answer at the moment. But obviously, if he struggles to um, get in the team for the remainder of the season as a as an Italian international that had doubts about coming to England because he didn't want to lose his place in the Italian team. He was hopeful of a move to Juventus or the two Milan teams because he wanted to cement his place in the team uh, for the national squad. And then when those moves didn't come, he went to West Ham over PSG. Again, obviously we offered more money, but also because he thought he'd have more chance of cementing his place at West Ham. So it would give him a massive dilemma if he doesn't um, if he doesn't start to figure regularly. Um, but for West Ham, I think it's really important that we keep him you know Antonio scored as well so you know got the fourth goal having the option of three forwards is exactly what we need we need two like for likes like so two like like I wouldn't say Antonio and Ings are dead 100% like for likes but you know sort of the ones in the box hold the ball get chances create things and then you need a target man as well which Skamaka brings and all 
I, I believe all clubs in West Ham's position need that. Unless you're like got an absolute world class forward that could do everything, like Man City have with Haaland, for example. Other teams lower down like us need different options. So when things aren't going going to plan, you can you can, you've got a plan B. And I think it's really important we keep hold of the three of them. Well, if we don't keep hold of Antonio because obviously he's thirty three, then we need to get someone similar to him. Um, and then Ings and Skamaka. Mm. But it's it's whether Scamacher is prepared to be that option rather yeah, than yeah. start every week. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know where his head's at with it. I thought it was just an interesting discussion to have, but uh, obviously time will tell. Mm-hmm. Um, when Jared hit the post, Tony Gow said, at last, the crowd are making a noise. What did you think of the atmosphere on Saturday? Because understandably, it was always going to be nervy, wasn't it? I did say to my dad, um, who I sit next to at the games, I did say to him that I think, I think the atmosphere is really dead i said i said it's really quiet it's really it doesn't feel right i think the bobby moore tribute was needed because it was obviously 30 years but also a good idea because it kind of almost put quiet the negativity and moved on to Mm. celebrating you know a legend at the club um so you you could say that i wouldn't say clever is the right idea a right word because i think they would have done it regardless of the situation but i think that helped i mean the atmosphere i wouldn't say it was awful you know there there wasn't booing for example you know it wasn't a toxic burning situation but it didn't have that kind of that we really need to get behind the team obviously once we got the goal and stuff things changed and the atmosphere was really really good i guess the fans are probably just as nervous as the players one of that probably was that was the case and you know you need a performance to get you off your seats and it did come in the second half but a lot of people have tried it Colton cole tried at our event a lot of people have said it you know the website said Something like about the fans at the end of the game. And I know we're all feeling nervous about the league position, but and I know most fans do, certainly the away games they do, but we really need to just stick with this, whether you're Moyes in, Moyes out, whatever your feelings are on him as the manager going forward from this point or in long term. Relegation just would be massively disastrous for West Ham. So I think we've all got to stick together. So I think Tony Gale makes a point. I wouldn't have said it was an awful atmosphere, but yeah, it didn't quite feel... As passionate as I'd have liked it. Mm. Well, let's hope we can pick it up because, like I say, we get a consistent run of games, good performances, uh, and wins, and then um, and then the atmosphere will come. I think, and that's yeah. a, a great way to start that against Forest because, like you yeah. say, and you're absolutely spot on. You can't. I've seen a bit of negativity online after the game, yeah. and there are the usual suspects, and I'm not going to name them. Of course, them. yeah. Um, and I just think, oh, come on, fucking hell. It's been a tough old season. We've won 4-0, like you say, against relegation rivals. Let's just enjoy it, because it genuinely, it could be a turning point, because, you know, these players, they need confidence. They've been lacking confidence. And the refreshing thing is, and it's it surprised me, actually, I, I didn't see those players not playing for the manager. No, and like you know, people have been criticising Declan Rice for for weeks now. You know, I I've heard of specific things shouted as I've been at the games. I've heard you know people tweet things, they tag him in it. I know he gets affected by it because he cares about this club. I know I know everyone will say why would he sign a new deal? As I've explained multiple times on my show, uh, my, sorry, my section of the show, um, it's um, it's him 
uh, you know, wanted to better himself, which we all understand. I still believe as a captain, if you look at those camera footage, you know, where he went up to Noble with his son, um, there was other mm. footage of him talking to the players before they went out. I watched his body language yeah. um, off at the game. He was geeing people up. He was, you know, obviously uh, delighted he scored. He was like, at points, he was telling the fans to raise the volume. I could see him doing that. And I think... I think these players do genuinely care about the club, and I think we need to get off the off the backs of people like Declan saying, "Oh, he doesn't," and all that stuff, and just try to like, I don't know, support. Support is a key word. Support the team. Yes, people might not want Moyes long term, and the majority of fans do still support West Ham regardless of what their opinions are. But as you say, there's one or two that just thrive in negativity and it's best mm. just to, I've muted so many on my Twitter I don't go on when Twitter West Ham lose um, firstly and mm. then I've and then I've also had to mute other accounts because you know you support a team because you want your team to win and when your team's just won 4-0 it doesn't matter who it's against you've still got people moaning I just think to myself I just don't need that I don't need to read that so I just block it now yeah yeah I know it's the best thing to do mate talking mm. to Dick that's a great goal wasn't it Oh yeah, brilliant goal. It's a bit of a trademark that for him. You know, yeah. he scored one, scored one against Watford like that. I think from memory, he scored quite a few. Where he whips it around. There's a couple of times he's hit hit the post as well from it. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of a trademark. Trademark. I think he called it Whip Mister Whippy in the interview. So yeah, trademark uh, Whippy uh, finish. And uh, yeah, he's got he's got that in the locker, and you just hope. In order for deck, the only thing Declan can really do to progress himself even further as a player is chip him with a few more goals, and you know, hopefully, you know that will that will do that as well. That will kick him on because he's got it in the locker. He can shoot. Um, he just doesn't he hasn't got as many goals as I'd like to get. So hopefully, that will be the start of some now as well. Yeah, well, Deck was saying he likes that zone just outside the box. There, if he can mm. get the ball when he can nick a few yards then he's, he's, he's comfortable taking that sort of a strike, you know. And uh, I, I'm with you uh, in a sense that, you know, as a defensive midfielder, I think he's the best in the world. I genuinely believe that. And and I think it can be quite detrimental to the likes of Thomas Suchek and, and maybe even Paqueta if Declan is encouraged to go forward more. Because I think we're almost expecting too much of him. And, and as a domino effect, we're then expecting Thomas Suchek to defend rather than concentrate on going forward. I think whilst he's got it in his locker to be the all-round player, just use him, continue to use him at his absolute best, his absolute strength, which is that holding midfielder. Mm. With the exception of when we're in the final third, just lingering around that box and trying to lose your marker. And when you get the ball, have a crack at every opportunity. Because I've said for a long time now, West Ham don't shoot enough from outside the box. And when you've got someone mm. like Deck that can get himself in that zone, have a go. Have a go, because he's always got it in his locker to, to score goals like that. Um, but that was brilliant, brilliant. And good to see all the players with a smile on their face and the fans after the game as well. It was refreshing. And like I said, I hope it's a turning. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. 
That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Point. Let's talk about X on the beach. That conversation <laughs> weren't too sad, was it? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, we were both like obviously messaging each other beforehand. And it was only <laughs> there was only possibility of getting eight teams because obviously West Ham were in the seeded part, and then there was the unseeded part. And I was going through all of them, and I was thinking which one I'd want. Now, obviously, Lazio and Fiorentina would be really exciting just because you know it's Italy and there two big teams in Italy, so be mate. And obviously, we've got an affiliation with Lazio as well, so it'd be great. To get them but they're good teams so I'd rather get them further, further on I'd, um, and then there was um, the, the Dutch side who I thought okay that would be that would be quite oh, was, it, was it them was it the Dutch side no it wasn't it was um, oh, there was a, it wasn't them I'm going to have to load it up I can't even remember but there was a there was a Polish team that I, I thought oh, I don't really fancy that their fans are uh, you know are passionate out there and that could be a hard game then there was Adelaide and I was like I definitely don't want that game then there was um, the one well, the Moldovan team and I was like oh, I don't really fancy that one so it only mm. really only really left um, I said I'll take Basel I was like yeah I'll take that one and I think it and Larnaca that was the only one I said to you mate can you imagine if we got Larnica you know Iron Appa Cyprus 20 degrees should, <laughs> should technically touch would be able to beat them so it was like ticked all the boxes and we were like both like yeah that's the one that we want that's the one we want and obviously we were sort of texting each other as the draw was going on first out of the hat Larnica and I'm like oh yeah. come on please please <laughs> yeah, was the yeah. when, they, when, they said, when they said West Ham I was like yes get in so uh, yeah we are we are booked up for a, a March lads holiday to Larnaca and Ayanapa. Um, yeah. So uh, happy days. And due to West Ham fans also loving life and going and booking every fucking flight there was on <laughs> yeah. Wednesday. I know. Uh, I know. We are, we are it's like a Royal Rumble, isn't it, when it comes to booking that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He literally, I was literally, I couldn't I couldn't have been any more ready. I had like, I had my laptop on, on my lap. I had my mobile phone in my in my hand. I'd already planned out what where we had to fly to two for every of the possible draws so I don't know how more prepared I could have been and then as soon as it happened I stopped listening to the rest of the draw boom I went on and tried to do it and it literally I had the Wednesday flight perfect and then by the time I got through to the final payment bit it had already gone and then the prices were going up and I was like oh my god I'm not actually going to be able to get this and the problem with it being an island as I said to you is you can't you know fly to a nearby country and then drive to it you've got to go there. I mean, you might be able to fly to Greece maybe and get a boat there, but it's, it's a huge, <laughs> huge effort. And so so we are now going from Tuesday to Friday. So it is like a, a, a mini lads holiday in, in March. So happy days. It's tw- 20 degrees out there apparently. So we'll take that. Wow. Is that swimming weather or not? Yeah, I safe? think so. I think so. 20 degrees. I mean, that's you'd go to like Frinton or Clacton or something at twenty degrees, wouldn't you? If it's sunny, so yeah, yeah I think yeah. I think we're I think we're shorting it, baby. Oh mate, that's unbelievable. Um, because we do like to uh, swim together in the sea, one real way, don't we? And, and you get the, the token moment where everyone blatantly thinks we're a couple. Yeah. Um, I remember in Ibiza once, she said to me, "Dave, you wouldn't mind rubbing some cream on me, would you?" And I, I look back now and I think that's strange. I, I think I even said to you, "Do you need this on your arsehole?" Because you're getting the sun, is it? 
<laughs> my ass is so big, you can get the sun anywhere, mate. But, but um, yeah, no, it was, uh, yeah, I, I just, uh, yeah, have memories of swimming the sea in the tsunami in Ibiza. That's the, that's oh the, the, that's the, that's the worst memory. That <laughs> Almost, can only be described as an act of God, that one. Yeah, right? where did it come from, honestly? Like, who knows? Nice, tranquil water, you know, us jumping up and down, splashing each other, you know, bit, bit of general horseplay and tomfoolery. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I've never because you mentioned back to it. I know we've told yeah. this story, but I've got to tell it again because it's in context. We're going away again, but you mentioned back to it, and I'm mean, yeah. literally with seconds. I mean, my eyes just absolutely dilated beyond belief for the split seconds. I was thinking, what the fuck, mate, what's this? Where's it coming from? You're carrying on chatting because you can't see what's behind you. And the next, you've just been absolutely obliterated by it. And half of me was, I couldn't breathe for laughing. And the other half was absolutely fucking petrified that you were drowning. Um, and eventually, eventually you emerged, thank God. Yeah, it came to surface after like travelling a mile down the beach. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, my God. Came up and I was like, what? the fuck happened part part of me thought it would almost been like you know like a big boat had gone past or something but like i just i just don't understand where and it wasn't as if it was like then followed by like five or six other massive waves it was like this is what it was just this like one massive wave out of a tranquil sea so yeah so i don't know if there's actually a geographical um like terminology for that and then some boffin can tell us but if you get one massive <laughs> Massive wave out of a tranquil sea. What the hell has happened scientifically there? Yeah, uh, exactly. So you know when you get like with aircraft, you'll get like a sonic boom. Yeah. Which, which, you know, sounds like a bomb and feels like a bomb. It was like that. It was like the sonic boom of the ocean, wasn't it? Yeah, it just yeah. came from nowhere. It was so strange. Yeah. I'm pleased you lived to tell the tale. Yeah, anyway, no, I, I, touch and go at one point. Yeah, it was. It was. Mate. I remember when I was like spinning around as if it was like in a, as if I was in like a washing machine or something, spinning, <laughs> spinning around thinking, what the hell has happened? And the worst thing is, if I'd known what had happened, I probably could have dealt with the situation better. But because it was such a, like, an unknown, in my head, I'm thinking, where am I? What's going on? what's got me type thing. Like, so so oh. I, couldn't, I, I couldn't deal with it in a calm, calculated manner. So eventually I think I got thrown into the sort of shallow end of the beach and then realised <laughs> that the, the sand was I was able to stand up. And, uh, Oh, yeah, happy God. days. So here I am preparing oh. preparing for Iron Apple. <laughs> yeah, just make sure you face the ocean this time. Though. Yeah, exactly. I learned from that, definitely. You can, you can go deeper than me this time. you got the, you got the high advantage. So. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just get you some armbands for this one. <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> are you worried that now these European fixtures are back, it's going to be detrimental to our Premier League safety? Because... Is it any coincidence that we have seen an improvement in our performances during a break from these European games? That's a good question. Um, I w- I'm going to try and see it as positive, though, and I'm going to try and see it as positive in the sense that, first of all, if we do well in them, which I actually think we will, regardless of how we're doing well in the league, because it's a different type of football, and maybe a football that suits Moyes' style a bit more. But I'm, I, I think if you're getting results... It, it breeds positivity. You know, the only, it doesn't matter who you play, a win's a win. So I'm hoping if we do well in it, it'll do that. And also, it means I've got the hiccups now. I've been laughing at that story too much. Um, <laughs> the, 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 um, also means that, um, players, fringe players that were getting frustrated. So, you know, the likes of Lanzini and 
Funnels and maybe Cresswell, people like that, that that haven't been able to force themselves into the team recently. They're going to get their chance to play and show what they can do and show that they can get in the team. I'm actually, people probably think I've just got this blind optimism at the moment, but I actually think we've got a real strong chance of doing well in this, this tournament, you know, and I'm hoping, not so I get a told you so moment, but because I'm just desperate for this moment to happen as a West Ham fan, regardless, I'm, I think we'll stay up and I think we'll do well in the Conference League and I think we'll look back at this season or actually think, you know what, it wasn't actually as bad as we'd all thought it would be. So I'm going to go with that it is a positive. As long as players don't get injured, as long as we rotate successfully, as we did last year, then I actually think it's a positive to get fitness and confidence up of some of the fringe players. Mm, mm. If you were to buy West Ham tomorrow, which with your patron money you could, <laughs> yeah. you must be taking a bigger share than I have. If that's the case, <laughs> <laughs> and we end up finishing seventeenth, right, and stay up by a point, but Moyes wins the Conference League. Would you give him a new deal in the summer? It's a good question. It really is. It's a tough question to answer because. Um, 17th would be a poor league mm. season. Mm. It would. It, you can't get away from that. But how many times have West Ham fans asked us the question on Patreon or just, just in general, would you take West Ham being relegated to win a cup? And the amount of people that answer, yeah, definitely, because about winning things. So that if we were to then stay up and win a cup, then, then it's happy days. And, 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 mate, neither you or I have ever seen West Ham win anything other than an Intertoto Cup or a playoff mm. final. So if mm. West Ham actually won something and stayed in the division, I would see that as a good season. And I would say to Moyes, right, brilliant. You've got them into the Europa League. You need to make sure we don't have another relegation season like you, like we've just had. Um but I would, I would give him that time because uh, I know people are going to be screaming at me, but I still believe this whole get this manager in, get this manager in is hypothetical. You don't know 100% they're going to achieve anything. You know, like look at Potter, for example, who's brought in at Chelsea to be the turning point for them and he's on the brink of getting a sack. You just never, never know. And no one would have thought that of him because he just like he was invincible almost. Um, I just think, see, you'd have to give him a, you know, another like couple of months three months and just say to him look we, we need a better league position better league performances from you now you've won the trophy brilliant let's get back on in the league and if by say November time we're in another relegation battle I think you'd have to say right okay time to go now but I, oh, I think if you won a trophy that would buy him time and I think I, I think that would be fair mm, that's interesting but, what about yourself well for, for me do you know what if he I mean, firstly, I wouldn't take relegation over a, a conference league win, personally. And, no. um, uh, you know, because I, I, as much as I would love to see a trophy and I'm desperate to see a trophy, it can just be so catastrophic relegation. Yeah, no guarantees of ever coming back. So mm-hmm. that scares me too much to, 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 to take that option. Um, but do you know what? I think, I think if he was to win the conference league and stay up, I, I don't think I would give him a new deal. And I'll tell you why. I think domestically, he's taken us as far as he can take us now. And it was interesting because at the event, Colton Cole alluded to the fact that one of the problems possibly is that we've been found out now. 
you know, in the Premier League, other teams are watching us week in, week out. They kind of understand our style, our approach to games, what to expect. Whereas in Europe, the teams we play don't know what to expect. Um, so it, it's no coincidence why we've done well in Europe, unbeaten in Europe this season, um, but we've struggled in the Premier League. And I just think if, you, if you're going to make that change, it is to be made at the end of the season where a lot more managerial options will be presented to us. And I would shake David Moyes' hand and wish him the very best of luck and thank him for everything. But I, I would look to move him on, I think. Yeah. So what, what does he have to do then for the, the remainder of this season for you to say he can stay on? I think, uh, do you know, and he ain't far off this, by the way. He's not, he's not a million miles off this, but I think a serious crack at the Conference League. And by that, I mean, maybe semis again but obviously in a different competition and top 10 finish. I mean, I'm not being funny. We're only one win away from 12, aren't we? Yeah, I don't, I don't think top 10 personally is realistic now with the league team. I mean, it's not, it's not like... Or as close to it. Let's maybe yeah. just... Do you know, do you know what? It, I think it, it's, it's a combination of things, right? It's, it's continuation of players playing for him. And by that, I mean the manner of the wins and the manner of the defeats. That has to be positive. Um, a serious crack at the Conference League, and I'm talking maybe semi-finals, if not winning it. Um, and enough progression from now until the end of the season in terms of consistency um, to get as close to that top 10 as possible then, in which case. And then, yeah. then, I think, then I think we'd look at it. I think I think a 12th place is what I would be saying is the objective. I mean, you could look at a league table now. I've got it in front of me, so I've got the benefit of it. You could say 10th. You could say because Chelsea are on 31. They're four points behind Brentford, who are ninth from, on 35. So 31 from 23, which is what we've got, is um you know is eight points. So that mm. that is that is achieved. So, but I think the more realistic one because you've got Chelsea and Villa, who are 10th and 11th on 31 points. Palace are 12th on 20 seven points so only four points ahead of us plus we've got a better goal difference so technically it's like three points in a way um so i would i would say 12th place for me is what we should be targeting now and i i think i think it's achievable mate you know like we've got mm. brighton next week I, I would take a draw from that then we've got aston villa and i, I think we should be looking to to beat Aston Villa. And then we've got Southampton coming up at some point. You know, you've got Bournemouth still to come up. We've got Palace away. You know, we've got to play. Aside from, aside from what, Everton and uh, Wolves. Uh, have we played Leeds at home? Yeah, we have. So aside from them, we've still got to play Southampton again, Bournemouth again, um, Leicester again, Palace again. You know, so it's Villa again. So it's within our our grass to get a 12 and you know I don't want to get carried away it's one result I am conscious of getting carried away on, on one result mm. but mm. You know, if we go to Man United and put in a decent display if we lose that it's not the end of the world but let's just hope for a good display there and then we get a draw at Brighton I still think we're on the right track mm. Yeah, I agree with that. And you, you've named some games there that we should be expected to win. I don't think we're expected to beat Brighton, but we should certainly go and try. You know, we yeah. shouldn't be sitting up negatively at the Amex, that's for sure. Um, but I would take a point. I would take a point at Brighton in the hope that more points would come from some of the more winnable games, if you like. Mm. Um, talking of winnable games, how winnable is Man United in the FA Cup on Wednesday? It's the next game. How would you approach it? I mean, would you go all out for the win or just take this opportunity to rest some players for the game against Brighton? I would 
alternate it a little bit. Um, but I would go out for the win. This I, I believe this is a good time to play Manchester United. You could argue it either way. Obviously, they've just won a trophy, so they've got momentum, and, and they're really clearly doing well at the moment. But they've they've just played. Um, we'll see that game this Sunday. So a day, a day after us, they've got. Um, the the European they just beat Barcelona haven't they the the week before um, mm. I think they've got maybe Liverpool is it I'm just quickly loading up their fixtures yeah they got Liverpool next weekend as well then the Thursday after that they've got Real Betis in the Europa League then the, you know then they've got um, Newcastle coming up they've got a lot and they're they're pushing you know they're pushing to make sure they get in the Champions League next season so mm, they've got a good really, job yeah. oh yeah really a really good job really good job Um, so I think when you look because he's had to deal with a lot there like yes. the Ronaldo stuff and big he, decisions you know, yeah big decisions and you know they're, they're, they're comfortably in third they're four points above Spurs they're only um, six points off Man City with a game, with a game in hand, you know, mm, and then they're yeah. and then they're eight points off Arsenal, and I still think Arsenal, even though Arsenal are the top of the table, I still think Arsenal have got a bit of inconsistency in them, and so you know technically they're still in the champ in the championship race. So I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that of all the things that they're in, obviously they've won the the Carabao Cup now, and they've got the the other three trophies remaining. I'm hoping this is their least. Um, the one they're going to prioritise the least and so if we put out a strong team we could go out there and get a result and I would alternate a little bit of the team but not much of it it would be pretty much as strong as you can be bar those players like Sheffield's had a knock Fabianski's had a knock I would, Fabianski would have been dropped anyway I think anyway for Ariola, but it was low sort of ones I'd change but I'd make sure Aguirre's playing I'd make sure that Declan's playing I'd make sure that the best players are playing the only ones that I'd alternate like I say are the ones that have got a bit of a fitness concern over and might need a rest the rest should be as strong as possible mm. yeah. you've got to go I'd for the win mate that. you don't yeah, want to draw you don't yeah. want to draw. Well, otherwise, you might as well just throw the tie and say, I'm not coming. You know, yeah, exactly. you've, got to, you've got to have a go, but uh, yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. Have a go, but kind of be smart with it in terms yes. of the decisions you make. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to. I mean, West Ham fans are taking what sort of like seven, eight thousand up there. You know, and, yeah, uh, that rem- and we're behind the goal, um, which we were, and, it, and it's very much like the Decanio tie. You know, we yeah. went to that game not expecting to get anything from it, and, and we did, and we won one 0 and it's still one of the greatest away days I've ever had in my life. Yeah. And I'm yeah. hoping with that many fans up there, and and Man United's eyes elsewhere, because they're <coughs> they're going to be in celebratory mode because they've just won the cup. It's the first yeah. game after winning the cup so hopefully their fans and the players will be a little bit distracted and we can go there and put a good performance in and nick something and, and hopefully and that would be massive for us because obviously we'll be in the what the quarterfinals then and 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 a quite a few of the good teams have got out as well so it does give you hope i just hope we go there there was that statistic that Mark and I talked about on the last show where I think we've got four points out of a possible, so like 28 against the top six teams. Mm. So you just got to hope that Moyes keeps with what he had against Forrest and goes and attacks that game. Because as you said, you've got nothing to lose. Just go for it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, if, if Colton Cole's theory is to be believed that maybe we've been found out, 
go with something different. Change it yeah. up. Surprise them. Give it. Yeah. You know, keep them guessing and, and have a go because we've got the quality. We've got players that can hurt other clubs. So you know, play to that advantage. One hundred percent. That's what I said on last week's podcast. You know, we talked about uh, Mark and I what the team should be for for Nottingham Forest, and I went really, really attacking. You know, I put. I, I didn't obviously know who was fit and who wasn't, but I went with three at the three centre backs. I went with Zuma assuming he was going to be fit on Bonner and and Agued. And then I went with five, Declan Holding. And then I went with Paqueta, I think Ben Rama, Funnels and Bowen or something like that. And then and then um, Ings and Skamaka. Because I mm. thought just completely, completely mix it up. You know, yeah. just show, let's just do something that no one expects from us and attack the game. And whilst he didn't obviously go anywhere near as attacking as that, he still was more attacking. And yeah. look, at, look at what the end result was. I just hope it's got into his head now that that is a better strategy going forward and that he can change his stubborn ways and actually embrace being attacking and worrying about what we're going to do rather than what the opposition are going to do. Mm, yeah. Well, we mentioned Brighton on Saturday. You sit eighth after just one defeat in their last five. What's your score prediction then? I mean, you said you'd take a draw. Is that what you're expecting? Yeah, I think it'll be one all or nil-nil. I think it'll yeah. be close. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to say it'll be a draw. Um, well, let's find out a little bit more about our next Premier League opponents on Saturday. The club was founded in 1901 at the Seven Stars Public House in Ship Street, Brighton. Until 1998, it was believed that the Albion were formed in 1900, but this was in fact when Brighton and Hove Rangers were founded. Brighton's nickname used to be the Dolphins, and the club's badge also featured a Dolphin. But in the 1975-1976 season, during a match between Brighton and their rivals Crystal Palace, Crystal Palace fans started chanting Eagles, and in response, Brighton's fans started chanting Seagulls. The Seagulls were the only professional team in Sussex from 1920 to 2011 until Crawley Town were promoted to the Football League. Brighton have had nearly 40 managers in their history. Ernie Wilson has the most amount of appearances with 566 and Tommy Cook has scored the most amount of goals with 123 in 209 games. Their biggest ever defeat came in 1940 when they lost 18-0 to Norwich City. Their biggest win was 9-1 against Newport County in 1951. Famous fans include Fatboy Slim, Jamie Feakston, The Rag and Bone Man and newsreader Jon Snow. West Ham have never beaten Brighton in the Premier League. Let's hope that changes on Saturday. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.